ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official Warlord Games podcast. This is the podcast that looks at all of the wonderful games that Warlord Games puts out for us to play. And I'm really excited today because our guest is a guest who has joined us many times before to talk about one of my favorite games by Warlord Games, something that looks absolutely cinematic on the tabletop and is so fun to play. Of course, I'm talking about Black Seas, and the author of that, of course, is Gabrielle. Welcome back to the Warlord Show. How are you? Thank you, Brad. I am ecstatically well. Oh, you have to be, because of course you are on to talk about Hold Fast, which is a brilliant expansion for Black Seas. Not only does it take a lot of the content that had appeared in some of the other publications and releases for the game, both PDF and like the Sea Monsters ex- uh, example, for example. Uh, but it includes so many other new rules, new scenarios, campaign systems, and we're going to dig into all of that. But as a game designer, it's got to feel really good to have all of that go out to your fans, given how many people have been playing and enjoying this game. Yes, absolutely. It's um, it's it's basically the coronation of a of a of a very successful launch of the game itself, and uh, and I, I, I'm I'm head over heels of the reception that it has had all over the place. Uh, it, it's it's um, yeah, I'm, as I said, ecstatically happy, uh, and uh, I can't wait for it to be in people's hands, which I think will be imminently. Exactly. And it's hard to know where to start because there are so many great additions to the game in this book. But let's start, since Black Seas is at its core, I mean, you can play it competitively, you can put it on the tabletop and play head-to-head, but I feel that this game just shines as a narrative game. And just to start with, there are 16 new standard scenarios to play this game. Can you talk us through some of those? Because they really do vary in scale, they they vary in location, and the crux of the scenarios and what it's asking you to achieve are very different as well, right? Correct, yes. They 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 vary significantly. Some of these were um, offered as a free download from our website and from the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have been in publication and there's a, a, a significant amount of completely new ones. We try to integrate uh, and give some of the scenarios a more Mediterranean feel with the use of uh, Xebex uh, and galleys mm-hmm. um, and kind of look at more uh, those kind of con- conflicts rather than the traditional Napoleonic ones, uh, but also with a focus on the US, uh, from where you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, there is the Battle of Lake Erie, for example, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a very exciting battle that happened over there between the US and, and uh, Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, so all, all in all, I think it, it provides with a significant amount of new ways to 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 play the game. Bear in mind, uh, the main rulebook has twelve scenarios, so exactly. adding an extra sixteen is, um, you know, it, it adds a lot of scope to the way that you can play. Exactly, and it really adds to the replayability of the game, and, and really 
expands the direction you can take the game on the tabletop. Now, you mentioned the Americans. Now, the Americans are in the core rules. I'm holding them in my hands right now. However, they are greatly expanded in the Holdfast expansion, right? You not, you get not only more named ships and more special characters, but you also get additional rules as well that really does expand the way that you play Americans. Yes, I mean, I, I've never made it a secret that uh, I have a soft spot for the US of A, even if <laughs> I live in Great Britain, and I'm originally Italian. Um, I, I've always, I was always uh, had had a, a soft spot. So, um, you know, for example, in bolt action, uh, my main army, and in conflict forty seven, my mm -hmm. main, main army is is the um, the USA. Uh, so, I wanted to expand and 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 not only add uh, to the rules, as you said, but also give a little bit of historical context uh, mm -hmm. to the uh, to the whole um, to added it in this book which was uh, missing from the last one we just didn't have the space of the time to just delve a little bit de uh, deeper into what was happening in the US during the Napoleonic Wars and uh, the war of 1812 and the quasi war with France etc cetera, etc cetera. so you have and the Barbary Wars obviously um, that the U.S. participated in, so um, yeah, it, it just it just was was something that I really wanted to to bring in the bring out in this book uh, was a focus, if on anything on on the U.S. There's a little bit of Russia as well, but mm -hmm. it was the, I mean the U.S. takes a, a a big chunk of space, and there are also some of you know the the absolutely brilliant characters of that mm -hmm. period uh captains that we just didn't have the space to put in the in the main rule book um so no, joe Bon jones and jane lawrence see an appearance in this mm -hmm. and together with a lot of ships that um some of which were larger ships that actually never saw any action that you were used as deterrents more than anything um but they're absolutely great to be used in what ifs uh and exactly. just to just to see well what if what if the might of the u.s navy would have gone against <laughs> um this or that opponent what would have happened so it, it's 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 a great opportunity and something i really i was really keen to do yeah, and it's one of those great things that we as gamers love to do on the tabletop, right? As you say, a lot of those large ships were deterrents. That, you know, people stayed away from them because they were rightfully terrifying. However, if you want to play out a situation where, you know, uh, there was a situation where they had to be challenged, or what if somebody said maybe they aren't the deterrent that the Americans think they are, it's great to be able to put those on the tabletop and to play them out and, you know, have the bragging rights with your friends to say, I, I sank the independence. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it ain't going to be easy, but yes. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> 
Well, you also mentioned the War of 1812. And as a child, I loved reading about the American Revolutionary War or the War of Independence, depending on which way you're talking about it, and also the War of 1812. It is fantastic to see that conflict getting a lot more table time in in this game. Is that just through scenarios or is there, uh, obviously there's also the characters and the ships. Um, How do you flesh that out given that it was a fairly significant conflict for the early United States? Well, it's it's, it's through what you said uh, uh, and also through... Um, just expanding a little bit on the on the history, I had uh, uh, a, a very a, a great um, historian helping me out on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, um, a fantastic uh, uh, woman called Kate Jameson, mm-hmm. um, and she was instrumental in in fleshing out the historic side uh, of this. Um, so it's just giving the context and allowing people to just move in that those kind of uh, periods with the knowledge of what was going on. And she isn't your only collaborator on this book. I know that you did write a lot of material in this and you also edited it, but you also supervised a lot of other contributions from different places that sort of came together in the collection of this book. Yes, I did. Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a of a novel approach. Uh, David Manley, who is a really, really great expert in everything naval warfare, helped me uh, doing some of the editings and getting some of the detail, historical details, uh, absolutely spot on. Um, I had and a, a chap here from the south of England called Noel. Williams and he helped me out throughout. He did some of the history section and some of the scenarios, um, which I, I heavily edited, but he created some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who unfortunately uh, passed away in 2021. Oh, so no. he actually did not see the book uh, being published, unfortunately. So there's a little dedication at the front for him mm-hmm. at the front of the book. Um, so yeah, not not huge amounts of uh, of collaborator. Fraser uh, Patterson, mm-hmm. he came up on the Facebook page with the rules for the Russians. Um, I really liked those rules, so I took I they're, let's say heavy inspiration. They're not exactly what he uh, envisaged to start off with, but I took heavy inspiration and borrowed quite a lot from him. So nice. I thought it I thought it it'd be important to credit him with that as well. Absolutely. Well, you did mention, you've mentioned quite a lot that I'm going to be referring back to, but you did mention the Barbary Coast. Now, there is another fleet in this book, and one that I am, of course, very embarrassed to say, just like last time, how excited I am about the concept of playing pirates. Now, of course... The, the piracy wasn't exactly a thing in the Napoleonic period, uh, not at least to the scale that would be played on this tabletop. But you have actually dialed back the the clock, so to speak, and you've included some alternative rules within this book called A Simpler Time. And it allows players to go back to a time where 
um, galleys would be more common where you have sort of an older time with less technological advancement to be able to play out some of these conflicts on the Barbary Coast, right? Yeah, not only the Barbary Coast, it was, um, in fact, it was mostly to allow you to go back to the Caribbean times, mm-hmm. 1600s, uh, and actually, you know, replay those iconic piratical scenes if you so wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just, I just, uh, I, I, I had um, quite a, a long time to think about this and trying to find the differences between naval warfare in the 1600s and, and, and the 1800s. Although, uh, if, you, if you were there, they were huge from an from a abstract gaming point of view, representing mm-hmm. different things and different maneuvers and different weaponries. There wasn't that much of a difference because you're, you're abstracting those uh, uh, those scenarios and those combats mm-hmm. there there wasn't that much difference so i just ended up thinking about it quite a lot and saying well actually i could quite easily adapt the rules and by some tweaks allow you to play in a previous period using all of the other rules because sailing is sailing mm-hmm. and you know shooting a broadside is still shooting a broadside exactly. they were just less accurate so uh, that's where that rule came from and I convinced uh, John Stallard and Paul Sawyer to produce a galleon to go with it, which mm-hmm. is kind of anachronistic for uh, black for the the period of Black Seas, mm-hmm. the main period of Black Seas. But I thought it fun and very iconic. And together with the merchants, the merchant ships mm-hmm. that are a little bit of an older design. And the brigs, the plastic brigs, which are very neutral as a design. I mean, it's just a, a single decked ship, so they could also be used. Uh, I thought, you know, people might want to explore that and create fleets of, uh, of uh, you know, merchant pirates and, and kind of go and play more that uh, era. There is once an hour dedicated completely to this that allows you to do it where there's a treasure fleet and you're basically competing with other pirates to go and and try and loot as much treasure as you can so it's that that was important for me to add in there and i think it adds a lot and with a very simple tweak you can expand backwards in time the, the the period of time in which you can play with with the rules I am so excited to play that scenario just quietly. I am I am definitely going to be buying a galleon or two or maybe three. Uh, I'm very excited about this concept. As someone who used to hang a pirate flag above the console when I was a DJ in college, I, I must have pirates on this tabletop. But you not only included those rules, you of course have a complete pirate fleet as far as an army list so that people can play these conflicts uh, in a balanced way, right? It's not just a mission. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a pirate fleet per se. That's a little bit, um, a ste- a, you know, a step too far to call mm-hmm. it that. There is the list, uh, which is not a list. It's basically um, a dedication of the, the Barbary Coast pirates and of the time. And therefore, they have uh, a little bit of a, a, a 
a small role to go with them mm -hmm. and a special character and a special ship. So the rest of the rules and the rest of the fleet, you would have to make up using the traditional rules and traditional mm -hmm. uh, fleet lists. So yes, it, you can play Barbary pirates and you would heavily go on with Xebex and with uh, galleys on top of having some fifth and third rates. Uh, absolutely, you can compose the, the fleet in that way. However, anybody else can do that as well because you know Britain had a Mediterranean fleet, Spain had a Mediterranean fleet, France had a Mediterranean fleet. So uh, yeah, you're using the main rules and the main system but theming it more towards the Barbary Pirates uh, side of things. Well, while we're maybe getting a little bit away from quote-unquote historical gaming specifically, let's talk about one of my favorite additions to this book. Now, this was, of course, a release that came out previously, and with the release, the rules were loosely in the box, but it is one of my favorite, I'm such a child, the terrors of the deep <laughs> box. Sea monsters. I love it. I own this box. It is wonderful. The miniatures are outstanding. And, of course, you have all different kinds of sea monsters. You have a Moby Dick. You have a giant shark. You have, uh, of course, the giant squid. Amongst many others, here be dragons. Those rules have been included in this book as well, as well as a solo scenario so that you can put these monsters on the tabletop and play with them as well. Yeah, there is also one of the main, one of the 16 main scenarios also features the Terrace of the Deep. This is, this is a, as you say, a little bit more fantastical, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't so long to say that it was, that it's fantasy because um, it's, it, it's basically, at the time, if you spoke to any sailor, mm -hmm. these weren't fantasy monsters. These were real. They mm -hmm. believed that they existed. It wasn't a question of, you know, uh, oh, you know, that's a fantasy thing. It's, it's an all imaginary. No, 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 no. They believed that these creatures existed and they were afraid of them. So it's kind of taking the belief of the time and, and, and the mythology that was surrounding it and just taking it a step further and saying, actually, they are real. Here you go. Play yeah. with them. Uh, which, which is, you know, uh, there's so many representation of Krakens, Leviathans, um, uh, ghost ships, uh, so many references that one could even say, well, maybe they were real at the time mm -hmm. and they just died out. So, uh, yes, not completely historical, but also not completely fantasy and i think it adds a little bit of um flavor to them if you if you play the scenario it will be i played a scenario with uh, um daniel from morgan's illustrated mm -hmm. and they are a little bit of a nuisance i mean you can make them into more of a problem choosing the bigger monsters rather than the smaller ones mm -hmm. but that's what they are so you have the the usual uh face to face with your opponent um conundrum of of having to fight and this is an added thing that is kind of a, a, a slight thorn in your side that you also have to deal with exactly and can and can create a, a lot of 
a lot of hassle, but it's not the be all and end all. Apart from the solo game, the solo game features the monsters quite significantly. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because there are solo scenarios in this book, the sea monster scenario being one of them. Can you talk to us about other ways that you can play this game solo? Yeah, so um, technically speaking, you could take a lot, if not all, of the scenarios of the main book and this book, and, and by adapting it slightly, you could play solo already. However, that adaptation and that kind of the, the game being in charge of one of the sides, I, I have spelt it out in three scenarios um, in which you, you can just, without needing an opponent, you could, uh, th thinking about lockdown, I, <laughs> this is what mm -hmm. I was, was, I was going to ask. Know. Mm -hmm. Now it's now is a thing of the past. However, even even without lockdown, you know, people might not have always uh, another uh, another opponent to play mm -hmm. with, or they, they might be the bad weather or whatever reason. So it's still applicable. Um, but yeah, they were devised during lockdown, and <laughs> when there was a great need of some activity to do without going outside and and finding opponents. So yes, there are. There's three of these, um, which challenge you in different way, and the the game is in is in charge of one of the factions that you have to fight against. Mm -hmm. So uh, they will always be quite. Um, once you once you crack the the system, they shouldn't be too difficult to uh, to beat like any solo game. But it's still great practice and great fun to great fun to play even on your own. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we talked about the galleons and we talked about the Americans having new rules. And I know there's a lot of other new rules in there as well. And we did mention the galleys, but there is another new ship type in here that I don't believe at least is not definitely not in the rule book. And I'm going to mispronounce this. I apologize. Are they Zebex? The Zebex, yes. Zebex. Because having ships that are largely uh, propelled by ore is not something that I necessarily would have expected to appear in this game. Yeah, as I said, we were trying to expand the Mediterranean side of things, and the Zebex um, were largely used in the Mediterranean, not only by the Barbary Coast pirates and the Ottomans, but also... Uh, also by the British and the Spanish and the French. So we just wanted to to, to add this type of ship that you could uh, you could sail. They're, they're not really great for going on the ocean, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's not what they're designed to do. Um, however, it's they they look absolutely great. They have this they this really sleek shape to them uh, both the small and the large ones mm -hmm. and they've got a different sail pattern which is aft um fore and aft rigged rather than square sailed so perpendicular to the wind um so it, it kind of makes them a little bit more agile and and uh, that is represented in 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 the rules there's a one of the new rules allow you to take advantage of these fore and aft rigged sails 
Now, Gabrielle, previously you've been on and we have talked about how great this looks on the tabletop. I mean, one of the ways for those who have not played Black Sails that you know that a ship is fired in a particular direction is by putting smoke out next to the ship, uh, as in the form of like a little tuft of cotton. And it looks amazing. And of course, all of the ships have sails and they have rigging. And you are quite a fan of that process, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, I've uh, made it as an integral part of the rules. So the the when you shoot a broad a broadside out of the side of the ship, uh, you have to put the the smoke down to represent that that ship has mm-hmm. uh, moved and has gone. Because once uh, you're in 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 the depth of a battle, uh, there's no other way of taking. If you do, if you wouldn't have that, it'd be difficult to keep track of. Who has moved and well, you know what ship has moved and what hasn't moved? So yes, absolutely, and it adds so much. That's why we we you know we get this wool in and add it in in the main game, and you can buy it uh, separately because it's so. I, I feel it. It just just makes the the game stunning. Mm-hmm. And and just a small point on the on the rigging, which a lot of people find intimidating. However, once you try it, it's not it's not too bad. And uh, a little bit of patience, uh, and it's actually very therapeutic to just sit down and rig some ships. I find mm-hmm. I find it incredibly therapeutic. But uh, something that a lot of people might not know: the thread that we provide with all of the ships is not like a, a generic clothes cotton thread. It's just a, a, instead it's a very special blend, a polyester blend of viscose which does not fray nowhere near as much or at all as the cotton thread which otherwise would would fray a lot and then the the frays of the cotton gather dust really really quickly and all of a sudden you have like a string of dust as opposed to having um the not the rigging as it should be so uh, this is a, a thing that we we don't make a song and dance about, and and you know it's not very it's not highly uh, advertised. But you know, as I'm talking to you, I just thought I'd make yeah. the point. The thread you get is actually a special thread, which is not the cheapest mm-hmm. uh, to get, uh, and um, uh, yeah, it's it's just looking after our customers like that. That's brilliant. I didn't know that. And I'm really glad that I didn't uh, because I was looking at some of my assembled ships the other day that I have been I I may have been putting off rigging. Um, I will try it. I promise. (laughs) I was going to borrow some of my wife's black thread because she's working on a sewing project and it just happened to be right in front of me. And I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't uh, because I was like, I could go down three stories to get, you know, the, the proper thread out of the box. Note to self, get the proper thread out of the box. I will do that. Nice. Yeah, it makes it makes a really big difference. Uh, you 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 do all the work and then it's all fluffy. <laughs> then you go right. So yeah. I did all this work. It, t- it took a lot of patience, and now it looks like a fluffy cat. Yeah, so, I yeah. definitely don't want that on the tabletop, right? No. Well, let's talk about something else that's in the book because one of the really exciting additions to this book is the uh, addition of not one, but two campaign systems. Now, if I understand this right, one is for your more uh, head-to-head, right-at-each-other, maybe competitive gaming, and the other 
campaign system is more of a, a casual narrative fun affair, but it allows for different play styles to have their style catered for and at the same time advance their fleets through a campaign. Yes, that is correct. So uh, the the where in normal games of Black Seas, where the fun is, is playing with the big ships, the third mm-hmm. rates, the, the, the first rates. That's where you really get into, you know, proper tactics. And it takes quite a long time to sink the opponent and you just have to uh, think a lot more. And, and I, I just found that that's, that that's you know really where where the 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 fun element comes in mm-hmm. however we have a plethora of smaller ships and they're equally fun to use in the proper context and that's why there's a scenario called smugglers run or scenario sorry a campaign called mm-hmm. smugglers run that uh, i've designed with uh, in mind the periodic campaigns that I, that when in my previous life uh, when i used to work at king's workshop mm-hmm. uh, we used to get together and play blood bowl campaigns every so often yeah and you'd go away you design you buy your fleet and then sorry at that time was the the teams mm-hmm. uh, in this case is your fleet and then you just get to add to that the more games you play and the more you get to add and and the competitive element is is only a part of that kind of building your company or your fleet of smugglers, um, which is why I I designed the way the smugglers on in the way that I did, uh, taking inspiration for from uh, our original campaign that Tom McCready did. Mm-hmm. I it's however changed so much that you could barely compare the two, mm-hmm. and basically taking it and expanding that concept of get together with four with three or four mates and um, have repeats of get the get it together have a periodic time in which you meet once twice three times a week mm-hmm. and then you develop and you grow your little fleet mostly using smaller ships because that's how smugglers used to operate they wouldn't have the big uh, third rates or first rates. And it is, to start off with, really easy. And um, the opponents you go against are, on purpose, to start off with, quite um, not not much powered. So it's very easy to bring your goods to market and, and get some cash in the bank. But as you go along, it becomes quite more intimidating with, um, you know, the, 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 when the highest of the of the levels mm. uh, in which you can have the number of stars, if you will, as a comparison, yes. uh, the wanted level where you will get um, a third rate ships with veteran crew coming after you. And when your biggest, your largest ship that you can have is a six rate, that is fairly intimidating uh, um, um, to have a, a veteran crewed third rate coming after you, plus the other some other smaller ships, three brigs, one schooner. So it's a it's a little nasty fleet that will get out, go after you. So yes. th- that's that was the principle. It was it was just trying to get this feeling of I start with a few ships. Uh, well, two in fact, 
uh, a merchant and a schooner, and then you can build up and you can decide which which ship to go for next, and and uh, helping you also to paint and rig as you go because you don't have to paint and rig everything. You paint and rig two ships, and mm -hmm. then you add one uh, a week later. You add two more two weeks after that, and so on. So it's a it's a very good to a good a good way to just build your fleet your your forces um, in a very achievable way. Yeah. The other campaign system instead is uh, more than a campaign system; it's a tournament system. So it's designed for large group of people, 20, 30, however many, ten, to get together on a one or two day event, and they just put the fleet on the table following the rules. Turn one, you put this many ships, this much points. Turn two, you do this. Turn three, you do that. And uh, you're, you're paired up uh, using the Swiss system uh, of, that is usually used in these kind of tournaments. Mm -hmm. And it allows people that want to organize some events and some 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 head-to-heads to have a narrative that goes through, but the narrative is very, very loose. Um, it's, still, it's still there and fun to, you know, if you're progressing your career from a lieutenant all the way to a, to an admiral, essentially. So you just see this, but what it really is, it's a, it's a linked set of one-to-one -one games in which if you do well, you'll get up the ranks, you'll have more points and you will be able to play the higher ranked people like 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 yourselves and in the end it should be a match between the the the, the players who did the, the had the best day and uh, won the most and you should get a winner at the end so that's that's those are the two different very very di different in 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 approaches the two different campaigns slash tournaments well, Gabriel, as always, it is a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about all the great things Black Seas. And uh, it's just, I'm excited that there are so many new and different ways to play this game. And I cannot wait to get some piracy going on on my tabletop. It is going to be great. Thank you again for making the time. It is always a pleasure, sir. Yes, no, th um, absolutely. Thank you, Brad. It's always great to talk about black seas instead of working don't tell john it's <laughs> it's it's absolutely great brilliant well ladies and gentlemen uh we have had many requests to talk about hold fast uh that have come through the cast ice facebook page if you have a request for this show please go to the parent network that this podcast appears on, which is Cast Dice. If you go to Facebook, it's C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E. If you message that page, you're guaranteed a response by its host, me. Hi, my name is Brad. Uh, and we love to hear feedback about uh, what you would like us to talk about for more Lord Games. Uh, we are talking about perhaps leaning into maybe a little bit more of a community focus at times, not just talking about the upcoming releases. Uh, but we would love to hear your thoughts about what you would like from this show. So please do go to the Cast Dice Facebook page and message the show. We want to hear you and we want to give you what you want on this show. So please do let us know. If you like what we're doing, that's great. Please let us know. If you want to see something else, please let us know as well. And it's okay to do both. 
if I can add also that um, if people want to know more about Black Seas or, or Hold Fast or mm -hmm. want to ask any questions, they can also go to the Facebook page that we have dedicated to Black Seas. I am very, very active on it. I'm not really active on any other social media platform because mm -hmm. I'm old and that's the way it is. However, on that I am. And uh, although I, uh, I try to answer every single question directed at me there's a very there's a great community that answers to questions without me needing to intervene most of the time so mm. but i still am very active on it so just to reiterate what you were saying on 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 your mm -hmm. um, social media that's that's i wanted just to add this little point at the end exactly and the facebook page for black seas is fantastic i have been a member of it for literally years and I do love seeing the wonderful hobby and the community that uh, is always on that page and to see the way that people interact and help one another and share their cool ideas because there are so many cool ideas for this, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And c c scenery and beautifully mm -hmm. painted ships. Um, uh, we just ran a competition on Hold Fast and three people won some new un un unreleased new releases that are going to... Mm -hmm that are already on their way to them. So Brilliant. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is our time. Thank you very much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you on a future episode of the warlord games podcast soon. Stay safe out there guys. Good night. Bye. <laughs>